Just Being Honest podcast. The JBH podcast is here to inspire people to dramatically enhance their health, their well-being, and lifestyle by providing an honest perspective and knowledge on eating, quote, real food, whether that is in physical form, the healthiest version of a whole food substance, or mental. What are you saying to yourself? What are you listening from other people? Huh? The less toxins you put in your body, the less toxins that are out in the universe, the environment, and the less toxins that you are spreading onto humanity. It's about creating a life of sourcing transparency, mental freedom, and physical harmony. Guys, this is the Just Being Honest podcast. This is true food for thought. We are getting deep. Guys, I want to share with you a clean beauty line that I just added to my personal brand. It's called Beauty Counter. My mission with adding Beauty Counter to my brand is quite simple. I value the importance of getting safer products into the hands of everyone. Many ingredients commonly used in the personal care industry have been linked to cancer, hormone disruption, infertility, and other health issues. I find that unacceptable. Beauty Counter has put together a list of more than 1,500 ingredients that are prohibited from their formulations. I believe that when we know better, we do better. So I am here to share some cleaner lifestyle products with you to enjoy and to continue your self-care routine with confidence because when you look good, you'll feel great. So please enjoy all the information that you can find on their website, beautycounter.com forward slash Katherine Brown one. My guest today on the Just Being Honest podcast, I am thrilled to share her story, her space, her energy. It's not easy to come forward and admit vocally with a complete 100% authentic vulnerability of things that we have struggled with um, internally. Um, I'm talking about really deep personal things, things that have to do with our bodies, things that we may or may not have control over, hopes, desires, you know, energetic happenings, health issues, inklings, wonderings, what's that? What's that? Why isn't this working? Why isn't that working? Why me? And it's not why me. But it's an ultimate feeling of mm, being alone. So keep me going here, folks. I've got a great, strong woman on the show today. Her name is Josephine Atlery. And she's here to talk about her overarching passion in sharing 
her inspiring journey navigating infertility, IVF, international adoption, and surrogacy. She does this to help others overcome adversity and to find joy through her also popular podcast called Responding to Life. She conducts meditation trainings, meditations to others, and she's also has an oncoming book up her sleeve. This woman does it all. So you'll wait and hear how many children she has now and does this all. I need this woman running my life sometimes. But, you know, as a meditation teacher, she guides people towards a calmer existence despite the chaos that may surround them. And I know you guys can all relate that right now, in the time we are here and now, we've got so much chaos, so much chaos going on around us, through us energetically, and it's about being aware to know how to cope with those and the proper coping mechanisms for stress, anxiety, and even perhaps loss. Because she's here to show how we can all balance our mind, our body, and our spirit. And it goes beyond that because when we have those balanced, that helps with the health and the fertility going on within us. We're all fertile, men or women. So how do you balance the mind, the body, and the spirit? I want to share Josephine Atlery's story with you all. And again, I am so grateful for you guys tuning in each and every week and passing along the story and the journey to your friends and family members. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. I cannot wait to connect with y'all further. I'll see you on the other side. Hi guys, this is your host, Katie. And it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I just have to say, I switched things up this morning. Um, hi guys, welcome to the show. It's your health and lifestyle designer. And are you ready to kind of take the plunge into a deep dive of conversation today? Well, let me step back and tell you about my beautiful morning. I am really, really, really working on, I guess throughout this quarantine, I had been turning to, since I'm a fit nut, um, grew up in a very athletic family. I had been doing so much movement that my body was screaming at me. Um, my hamstrings were like, ah, sciatica. And I'm like, oh no. You know, and since I went to Italy and they took away my little, my little stick, I need to get a stick to stretch. Um, I can't stretch enough, right? So this morning I decided to switch it up. Instead of starting off with you know, a burst of cardio, I decided to do my 10 minute breath work. And I also did a nice yoga flow that was just really buttery and juicy for my whole body. And then I did a little weight workout to make me feel really invigorated and strong. So it was all a process of asking myself, what is my next move? And I think that's very appropriate of 
you know, talking about body awareness, um, that being one of my systems, one of my pillars of how I work with clients, I think it's fine, 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 and totally appropriate that we have the guest on the show today to share her journey about body awareness and how she cultivated further awareness into her lifestyle today and where it got, you know, to her basically opening up her eyes to what this calling was and how she could express it. So I don't want to give her introduction because I want her to share her story. Let me give you a disclaimer before we, um, two disclaimers actually, disclosures, disclaimers, listen, we are doing a Zoom call and we may have sounds in the background, bear with us, stay on the line, we are here for you, we are working through it. The other thing is this episode may be, may or may not be triggering for some of you. So if it is, simply pause it, maybe fast forward 10 seconds, pick up um, at another position, or just maybe come back when you feel more comfortable. So I just wanted to let you all know that. So without further ado, I have an amazing woman. I think when I was introduced to her, I read up more about her and I was blown away because, you know, you look at someone's photo, you look at someone's image and you're like, and excuse my language, that girl has got her shit together. And as we all like to visually appear that we have our S-H-I-T together all the time, we have a lot of stories behind our outside images. And that is what, what is the great quote I like to say? Tough times don't last, but tough people do. And this woman inspires me. She truly inspires me. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce to the JBH podcast, Ms. Josephine Atlery. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to speak with you today. I love it. I love it. Um, I feel like every guest that comes into my life is there for a particular reason. And it just so happened that you came into my life when I'm thinking about all sorts of things, when I'm working on energetics with my own body again, and re-tapping back into that meditation and asking myself the question of, you know, why have I shied away from saying I don't have full amounts of time to really sit on my mat and just be? Mm-hmm. And so can you just for a moment, because I always like to tell people, um, first, tell us what you do exactly. Tell the audience what you do. And then I'll ask you the question about your history, about how you grew up. Yeah, absolutely. So I... Essentially, I help people overcome adversity to find joy, and I do that through my meditation training, which is both corporate and also um, fertility-related, and I also do that through my advocacy with infertility, as I am an IVF warrior, and also through my podcast, Responding to Life which is where I showcase my 13-year journey creating my modern-day family of five kids, which encompassed multiple cycles of IVF, uh, a number of miscarriages, 
international adoption and surrogacy to become this family. And so that is what's on the podcast and that is what I use in order to to fuel my meditation trainings because you know I learned so many lessons from that tumultuous experience that I feel it's my passion to take those learning moments and and help other people overcome their own obstacles in their lives whether that's through infertility or not uh, all of those lessons can be applied to our daily lives in a number of ways and so that's how I'm here today speaking with you I love that so so let's tap back because I would love if you're open to share it what was your childhood upbringing like where we raised family structure I'm so intrigued tell me more I'm the eldest. It's just me and my brother. And we actually, growing up, I lived in an apartment that was like a duplex. And my grandmother and many of her other children, because my mom is from a family of 10, they were all living upstairs. And so I really felt like I grew up in a very big family. And that for me was always, when I look back on life, that is what my source of joy was, would be going up there and spending time with all of these people, my aunts and uncles, my grandmother, my cousins. And so actually that is what led me to always want to have a big family because that is what I knew growing up, growing up and and that was joy for me. That was happiness. And so, you know, I grew up in Chicago. My parents immigrated here from the Philippines. And and that was, like, for me, that was life. Just those get-togethers every day with, with my family. I love that. So two kids, mom and dad, mm-hmm. uh, relatives living upstairs, very nuclear kind of family situation. Mm-hmm. Which, you know what, I was talking to someone yesterday and we were talking about how that that used to be the norm, you know? People used to live around near their families and that was their sense of community in these villages. And it wasn't until modern day times that we became so city dwelling like where it's just maybe you and your partner or you by yourself. And that whole like source of source the keyword source of connection is gone and mm-hmm. that really is would you agree like a root of a lot of um basically inner just rooting within us you know we're all kind of like trees and so we all have roots to grow from and and you know i want to hear beyond that like what did you love to do what did you love to do as a child for me, I love to, and I love, by the way, your um, the comments about how we're we're like trees and how we have all these roots and, and about all these connections that form who we are. Because that is essentially how I feel, at least about my own life. And and so, growing up, what did I like to do? I loved to read. That was sort of my I don't want to call it escape, but that was my way of of traveling like we didn't have a lot of money so we didn't get to do these family vacations that I take my kids on now and so I love to just 
find myself in new worlds in all of these books. And and I played the piano and I basically just oh and as I was gonna say, I hung out with my grandmother and my, my aunt. But one of the things that we loved to do was to cook. Because it was such a big family, we were always cooking. And that is where I actually feel like I learned this love of cooking and creating events for people because my entire upbringing was just this one continuous big party and event. And I actually, uh, prior to having kids and all that, I went to culinary school in New York because it was always a passion of mine to cook. And so I followed that dream. And then I, after that, I went into catering and opened up my own event planning business, which is allowed me to, help other people create these joyful moments in their lives. And I feel like all of that came from my upbringing because these were the things that I enjoyed most and wanted to share and help other people have. I love that. So when you went to New York, was that, I mean, did you go by yourself? Was that Le Cordon Bleu? I don't even know if I'm saying it right. I know you said it right. No, but I actually went to um, the Culinary Institute of America, which is, um, it's in Hyde Park, uh, which is above Manhattan. And I went there, it was a two-year program. My husband and I actually got married about a year after college, and we were married for a little bit, and then he applied to business school in Boston. He got in, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to follow my dream. I'm going to ditch my consulting job. And I'm going to apply for cooking school. And he was, he's always been so supportive. And he said, go for it, even though that meant that we would be living apart for about a year and a half. And so uh, I did it. And that's what I did. I, I, it was an amazing experience, one of the best oh. of my life. And we just commuted, or rather I did, commuted, I had the car, commuted back and forth on the weekends. I love that. See, you know what? Those are stories I think everyone, everyone's audience needs to hear because I think everyone's so tightly strung about, oh my gosh, like I can't even do a Zoom call first date because that's not real. But in all reality, like people have dated, have, you know, been married long distance. I know a couple that one lives in Japan and one lives in Denver and sometimes they, you know. Yeah, they they make it work, but it's because of work reasons, you know? And um, if the love is there, the love is there. So moving beyond that, so you went into catering, and then I really want to know, You then you went through this journey of maybe I'm jumping too far ahead, but you're like, let's start a family, right? Mm -hmm. Is that where it came to? Yes. So after after we got back together – uh, after both schools finished up, then we knew that we wanted to start our family, and we knew that we would it would take um, we would have to start with IVF because when we were dating in college, you know, my husband had this life threatening illness, and um, because of that, we knew right away that once the idea of family came about, IVF was our our option, and so. We started doing that, and, and that's, you know, we, 
I thought naively that it would be a quick process mm-hmm. because I was so young. I was in my mid, mid-20s, and it didn't happen that way. As, and that was one of the biggest lessons that I learned in this journey is that life doesn't happen the way you want it to. And as an event planner, I, you know, I'm used to planning things down to like 5, 10, 15 minute increments for other people's lives mm-hmm. for their big moments. And, and that was my forte. And so trying to plan my life in this sort of timeline and the way I thought it would work out didn't happen that way. And it was extremely frustrating and actually has been one of the biggest lessons of this entire journey because throughout it all, throughout each different step, that was one of the things that I had to, to learn and, and figure out a way to get through. Yeah. And so badly at the time, you know, and I, I've never been through that process, but I know many people that have, and, um, it can be extremely frustrating. And at a time when you're supposed to be cultivating your body as this place of like peaceful rest and like a, you know, a womb that's ready to bear like another human life, you're like stressed out of your mind and you're like, why isn't this working? And then the hormones are going everywhere and crazy and, and your body's doing wacky things and you know, and you can't tell anyone what you're doing or you feel maybe like nervous and people are like, what, when, how's it going, you know? And so it can be a very like, I've, what I've heard, it can be a very just kind of, what's the right word I want to use? Um, not just nerve wracking, but just, you feel like you're not doing your part perhaps. And you're like, why am I not, why am I not able to do this? Um, and, and I've known many people that have gone through that and I know it's not an easy thing. It's not just, okay, here you go. Boop. It's like, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and you change this lifestyle and that lifestyle and it has to be at the exact time. And it's a lot. And I mm-hmm. personally, when you say IVF warrior, that's truly what it is because me personally, I have not come to that, but I don't even know if I would be strong to go through that process emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, it is, it is definitely very frustrating. It's very lonely. Um, you definitely question your self-worth and you definitely start to lose over time, lose sight of who you are because you become so wrapped up in this idea of, you're a woman and you should have the ability to produce a child. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the one with the reproductive system. And when you're not able to do something that's just like a basic thing in your mind, um, you, you really become so self-deprecating because you feel like you're a failure. And back when I was doing it, we didn't have the gift of all of these like, groups. You know, everyone bashes social media, but I think it's amazing. I always try to look on the positive side anyway, but I think social media has been great as I start connecting with women who are going through this process. Now they have, uh, um, now they have a platform for where they can connect. Whereas back, like, 
13 years ago, I was all alone. I would be sitting in waiting rooms and see other women going through the same process, but we would sit there in silence and sit there, you know, feeling isolated because we didn't feel like we could talk about it. We felt so tired and so ashamed of the whole thing. And now, now it's so wonderful to see all these women men connecting over something like Instagram to uplift each other and empower each other through such a, a trying time. I have to admit something. I am a clean junkie. So if you guys have known by now, if you've seen my website, if you've followed me on Instagram, you know that I'm always treating myself like the little guinea pig that could. I mean in the fact that I try out all the products you want to know about in regards to clean living, clean beauty, clean household items, non-toxic products, and just basically living the life full of authenticity. I have products out there and products that I suggest that will clean up your life. Yes, our keyword is clean. So if you wanna know what I'm using that helps prevent against toxic chemical usage in your hormones, guys, we all know that hormone disruptors are out there and our skin is the largest organ on our body. So what you put on your body goes into your body, goes into your internal organs. I'm talking uh, things I want to help you prevent for cancer, um, autoimmune diseases, the list goes on and on and on. So if you want to know what I'm using that's clean, that's really invigorating my lifestyle, I've tried it for you. So I have a list of favorites on my website on www.justbeinghonest.com. Remember, bean has no G, so it's J-U-S-T-B-E-I-N-H-O-N-E-S-T dot com. Yeah, and I also, so, because you have five kids now, mm-hmm. and yep. so we'll go back into the order of the ones that were IVF and and didn't you, uh, you adopted, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. actually today is our Forever Family Day. Oh which is my uh, the gosh. day that we celebrated our, our, our son being adopted and making us a family. He was our firstborn. Um, we ended up doing it, you know, after many years of failed IVFs and, and a couple of miscarriages, we pivoted and we went into international adoption. And so... He is our, our firstborn son, and so today we are going to celebrate. I have to go after this and get some ice cream cake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. And then, okay, yeah. so how old is he then? So now he's 13. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Crazy. A teenager. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you have a 13. Mm-hmm. And then the middle twins, who are 11, I carried through IVF. So after, you know, we had we adopted our son, life was great, there's a lot less stress, and I felt like, okay, I can do IVF maybe one more time, and we switched facilities, and and it worked. You know, we threw the kitchen sink at the whole process. I was on bed rest. I had the procedure done to sort of keep everything together, and um, and then I carried those twins, and so they're 11, point and girl, 
And then we had all these frozen embryos that we worked so hard to create, like literally blood, sweat, and tears. And every year we get a notification, what do you want to do with them? And I couldn't bear doing any of the, the things they recommended or suggested on their list. And so, and we always wanted a big family, but I, I couldn't carry them. And so, you know, we couldn't afford surrogacy. Like all these different things are so expensive. And to even just do one is just breaks your bank. And so eventually we were able to entertain the idea of surrogacy. And we were able to find this amazing, I call her my angel, because we partnered with her and she carried our last set of twins, uh, twin boys who are now four. Oh my gosh, you have two sets of twins. Two sets of twins, yeah. Are they identical? Wait, because the boy and the girl are not. So no, no. Oh my gosh, that that's crazy. Does that happen a lot <laughs> with IVF or like putting embryos? It used to. Yeah, definitely used to. But now they are sort of being a lot more strict with um, doing more than one. That's kind one, of fun. More than one embryo. So but like, yeah, it totally is fun. Actually, grab your partner. <laughs> yeah, that's I what they do, actually. I love yeah. it. So can you take me back um, – Take me back to, because I would really like to know the dynamic and the relationship and kind of how it, um, I know you said you pivoted a lot, but the bond with you and your husband, I really yeah. would love to know kind of like, like how, like what happened during the time of the first IVF um, trials? Right. So, you know, in the beginning, we were so hopeful and, you know, the first few cycles, everything, you're just moving along. And it, it's sure it's disappointing, but you have each other. But then as things started to happen, and you know, we started to experience miscarriages, I started to just feel very alone. And I was taking a lot of it on myself mm-hmm. and feeling like I was the reason why this wasn't working. And, but because of the foundation of our relationship you know I said we were college sweethearts and that we went through this life-threatening illness that he had it changes your outlook on life and your perspective because when anyone who's had like a near-death experience Hmm. they look at life in a different way and they live it in a different way because you appreciate how fleeting life really is and so you have that as your basis of foundation for how you approach anything, whether it's conscious or not. Mm. And I feel like even though I had these terrible lows throughout the IVF process and during certain miscarriages, we still have that underlying and this idea that life is precious and that we should live it to the fullest, no matter what is happening. In, in other parts of our life. And so that's, that is what really strengthened our relationship and allowed us to get through this. And, you know, we're, to this day, we're like this really strong partnership and team. And, and so we were able to use that throughout every part of this process. So mm-hmm. when... IVF wasn't working, and we went through this uh, loss of like our twins, that, our first set of twins that we carried to 17 weeks, and we lost them. 
you know, we leaned on each other and our grief and our, our trauma looked different, but we were always there for one another. And, you know, we always, I don't ever, like, there was always this underlying feeling that if this didn't work out, we ourselves were a family. That, you know, if children didn't work out, that we were a unit and that our love was, was enough for, for us. And that any kids that came in, wonderful, but it didn't, it didn't define who we were and our relationship. And so that was really important as you move through like all the ups and downs of these different things, like IVF is very tumultuous and adoption has its own issues. And so the surrogacy and, but throughout it all, we were doing it together and our love was the foundation of that. Yeah. Gosh, man, you know what the hustle got, that you guys kept trying and trying yeah. and trying and it just shows how emotionally strong you are. And so what got you through this whole process, this whole journey? I see, obviously you do teach meditation. So was it at that time that you started doing a heavily meditative practice or when was it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And so I wish I did. I wish I had meditation back then because I, I feel like I would have been able to resolve a lot of the trauma that I experienced through the, throughout this journey, but I didn't. You know, it wasn't until I had all of the kids that I started, I joke around that it's because of the children that I became a meditation teacher so that I can control all of the chaos that's swirling around me. Um, but no, back then, my go-to strategy for dealing with my own stress and taking care of myself was fitness. It always has been fitness. And to this day, that's, you know, if you ask me, like, what is something that you do for yourself every day? Outside of meditation, it, it'll be fitness, happiness, yeah. and boxing. And so, um, you know, I wish I had that back then. But what sustained us throughout this just goes back to that idea of love and, um, and that idea of that, that life is fleeting and to enjoy the present moment. Um, because it, if it hadn't been for that, I, I feel like I would have gotten so caught up and lost in the whole situation. And, and, you know, I feel like I did at some point, it did finally just get to me. Because if I had meditation, then I would, like I said, would have been able to deal with all the trauma that sort of built up. And at one point, I did develop an eating disorder because of all the all this trauma that I had that I didn't resolve. And it just came out of the blue because I never had anything like that in my life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, three kids in and all of a sudden I developed bulimia mm -hmm. and had to go through a lot of work to realize where that, how that developed and what were all these unresolved feelings that I didn't address back then. Mm. And so that's what leads me today to, to being a meditation teacher, because especially within the area of fertility, because, you know, I, I really would, if I can help someone 
go through their fertility journey in a more positive and a mindful way using the gifts and techniques of meditation and mindfulness, then that to me is just, it's just like, it, it makes me feel fulfilled and happy to be able to use the gift of my meditation skills now and all of that experience from my journey, couple it together to help women who feel so lonely, who feel so just beaten down, yeah. and give them some tools to help empower them yeah. throughout this. So that's how I'm here today. Oh gosh. It, you know, it really is. It, it can, it's kind of silly because people are like, Oh, I'm meditate. You know, it's like a trendy thing. Like, meditating but it really is um it's like this tool in your toolbox that's absolutely free and -hmm. you can do it at absolutely any time and you know if you and I'm not going to say there's a right or a wrong way but certainly I think there is and you know this being a meditation teacher that there is a a good way to set yourself up for a better experience. Mm -hmm. And um, I know I've gone through many things in my life, you know, even having mold and that did a whole wackadoo on my system. And I had to really, I'm the type of person that challenges myself. And I said, okay, I'm going to challenge myself for one year, 365 days to meditate every single morning and I would keep myself accountable you know being the Virgo that I am by taking a snapshot of me and posting it posting it on Instagram so Uh people would know and I would have like a little affirmation I told myself of that day and I did it and I was like oh you know I made it you know what what next and so now I have to tell you that 365 days changed my life changed my life and, um, I, I know. And so Josephine, like we need people like you. I want to, I want to go further and I want to go into now, um, you are a meditation teacher. How do you offer your services? Well, pre-pandemic, I used yeah. to do it at studios right. and at corporations, but you know, we have the gift of like what we're on right now, which is zoom. And so I do offer, uh, my services via Zoom. So I do corporate meditations on Zoom, and then I offer a free weekly meditation every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. PST for 15 minutes. Cool. And you can get that link if you just go to my website, jayatlurie.com, and you sign up for the newsletter. You know, it pops up on your screen. And the moment you enter your email address, you'll get that Zoom link. And it's 15 minutes out of your week where you can just take care of yourself, nourish yourself. And it's a great way to do it if you're a newbie because I try a new technique every week and you have the gift of being able to actually ask me a question. And if you have any issues with meditation or you're you're getting intimidated by it in the chat room afterwards, I'm there to answer any questions. So I do that. And like I said, I also offer fertility meditations and uh, an upcoming fertility workshop to help women empower their fertility journey. Oh my gosh. You see, the stories 
you know, we can rewrite our stories. You know this. We can rewrite our stories and you have gone through a very interesting, in-depth chapters, chapters, this huge book of life, and you are writing the ending, or I guess the continuous chapters of it, in order for people to like find relief from it. You know, from you loved to read as a child. So, you know, as a great story writer or great novelist, you know, you have to have some sort of connection with your audience or your Mm -hmm. reader or what have you. And, and that's exactly what you're doing. And that is within your purpose. And I, I mean, sure, you've always been one to serve people through your catering and your food and the love of food and nourishment. But this is, Mm -hmm. this is ongoing nourishment, you know, Mm -hmm. nourishment Mm -hmm. of the soul, you know, right? I love that. So oh, guys, definitely, definitely, you want to try out if you're new to meditation or Perhaps you're an ongoing practitioner. Try those Wednesday, 1.30 Pacific time, um, free meditations. All you have to do is sign up for a newsletter and you get your link. So, hey guys, free 99. That's an amazing way to start. And if you want to go further with that, you can book um, a session with mm-hmm. Josephine. Um, and you can find that on her website. And I will definitely link you guys to that. So really, really quickly, let's jump into, then you created a podcast, Right. Uh Right. You created a podcast called Responding to Life. So tell us about that. What do you share? And uh, what are some great feedback you've gotten from that podcast? Yep. So the title Responding to Life comes from my my education in meditation. And, you know, my guru said that we can, by learning meditation, we learn how to tap into the present moment. And we can then approach by bringing in calm and finding our inner calm. We can then approach situations in a more mindful and positive way and thereby respond to life instead of reacting to life. Mm. You know, we're so quick to just react to how things are based off of how we've done so in the past, uh, using quick judgments and emotions. And But when you're able to practice meditation and tap into it in that present moment awareness, you almost can feel like you're taking a step back and looking at life and, and be able to respond from that place of peace. And so that's, that's where I came up with the idea of the podcast, but being able to share at the very beginning, being able to share my fertility journey in, in more depth, so each episode just covers each part of that journey. And then I also get the pleasure of interviewing wonderful people um, about their own obstacles in life and how they responded, whether it was mindfully or not, or whether they just reacted versus responded. But then eventually coming to their lives in a positive in a positive way and impacting others and sharing those lessons learned that they went through in their own lives to help other people. And so that is, it's such a great joy to be able to, as you know, to be able to speak to all these amazing people and just learn from other others and their own journeys and share that with the audience so that, you know, people can take what resonates with them. And try to apply it in their own lives. Yeah, it really is a um, 
and I'll just speak on my behalf, but it's, it really is a working alongside you. Um, you know, I have clients that say, well, tell me an instance that you went through something like this that I can relate it to. And it really is like, okay, well, yes, I like, I feel exactly what you feel because, you know, and I don't feel exactly what they feel in all cases, but I have something that I can pull from and it's I'm working alongside with you you know I'm Mm -hmm. not hierarchy above you I mean honey I've been through therapy where I have felt intimidated like oh my gosh they're judging me they don't know what this Mm -hmm. feels like because they're not expressing that they have but I'm really like let's open the book I'll tell you my experience you know like I I've been through stuff and Mm -hmm. you know it's been traumatic and um And I really think that's important for someone that's guiding someone else or perhaps, you know, showing them the light at the end of the tunnel of where they are currently, you know, Um, the response to life instead of the reaction in perhaps a negative manner. You know, we can all we can all numb with reaction, like with drastic, quick reactions, and it can be very, very negative outcomes. So, um as we've seen with some of your history and like with the bulimia and that's just, you know, and then you reversed it and then took it back with responding to life with the meditation, becoming more aware, finding roots, answering the questions that were flying to you, you know? So I, I love that. Um, so this is awesome. So I know you're a busy mom. You've got lots to celebrate today. You're going to get your ice yep. cream cake. Woo! <laughs> Um, I hope you go to Sweet Laurel's Bakery because she's up the, oh, I think I, I know place. up where you live. She was on my podcast. She's an amazing woman. Oh, yeah. She is, you should read up on her story too. Anyways, beyond yeah. that, um, guys, um, I want to ask Josephine a quick question. Will you take us through maybe just a one minute, uh, is that even possible? A one minute like meditation before we ask you one more question? Yeah, sure. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Tell us what to do. Yep. Get as comfortable as possible. And then whether you're seated or lying down and whenever you feel ready, gently close your eyes. Take a moment by witnessing your breath. No need to manipulate it. Just breathe in and out, breathing in through your nose and then out through your mouth. And then allow your breath to become slower and slower. And on your next breath, see how long you can take in that inhale. And when you feel like you can no longer take in any more air, just try one more sip of air. And hold it. And then just as slowly as you inhaled, Exhale as slowly as possible. And now just let your breath return back to its normal pace. And just witness how it flows in and out of your body. And know that every time you come to your breath, you are taking a moment in time take care of yourself, to nourish yourself, so that you can go back out into the world and be the best version of you. 
And so let's take one more long, deep breath in together, breathing in through your nose, and let out an audible sigh out of your mouth. And just allow, remember this feeling that you've cultivated here today, and allow it to ripple through you for the remainder of your day. And remember that you can always return back to this breath that you have at your disposal any time that you need it. And whenever you feel ready, gently open your eyes. I mean, there's one minute, right? And we feel one, one minute, and I dropped in like that. Yay, that's awesome. And maybe because I'm used to that, but the way that you toned and visualized, like, guys, one minute. That's all you need. One minute. And then you grow from that. You know, oof, I've got chills. Like that means the angels are speaking to me, right? Um, okay, so I have one more question. Sure. Now I feel really calm. I love that. Oh good. Yeah. I was just like, I love that. It's just like I was so skeptical of meditation before I took that one year journey. I was so skeptical. Mm -hmm. I'm a busybody, a cardio queen, blah blah blah. And then I've I really learned. Yeah. So yeah. Can't turn your mind off. That sort of crazy. Hear that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Last question. Here we go. Uh Josephine, what is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Oh, I love this question. I would say that it is knowing the fact that the only thing that I have control over is my mindset and my breath. And that everything else in life that I've tried to control really was like a figment of my imagination, really, because I never did have control over that. And just like we practiced here in this last minute, what you can use at your disposal is your breath to bring you into a state of of presence so that you're aware of this moment and you're able to appreciate it and to bring you into a state of calm so that when you're amidst chaos, like we all are in, in this life, that you can go inside and and find that peaceful state. So, you know, that was a truth that I had to really grapple with over the course of my life. But through this amazing meditation experience, I've come to learn that, that the control is this breath, this moment. And this mindset. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, and it's so true. You had me thinking about so many different things that could relate <laughs> to that. That's so true. You know, we only can control our our mindset and our breath and everything else, really. We cannot control external factors. Mm-hmm. I had a great college counselor tell me that when I was having like panic attacks. She goes, we cannot control external factors. I was like, okay, 
And so that's been my mantra, I think, to this day. And I'm in my early 30s now. You cannot control external factors. You create your own obstacles mentally. Right. Um, whew, wow. I love that. So guys, I know you're all going to want to, if you haven't started a meditation practice, I know you're going to want to jump into it. I know you're going to want to listen to Responding to Life, the podcast with Josephine. Um, if you have questions, please reach out to her. Um, her website is J-A-T-L-U-R-I.com. And um, where can everyone, that was very Kansas. Did you hear that? Where, where can everyone, I'm from Kansas. Where can everyone find you um, if they want to cyber stalk you? Oh, sure. On Instagram, there I am, uh, Josephine R. Atlery. Cool. So just type up Josephine Atlery and you'll see me. Awesome. And I will definitely link it all in the show notes. My honey, my darling, thank you so much for giving us thank just you your so truth much. and your energy and sharing a little bit about your passions and your stories here. And I can't wait to pick your brain a little bit more. Thank you. This I'm is grateful. amazing. Thank you so much for the opportunity and for this wonderful conversation. For sure. Guys, it has been another amazing, can you believe it? 127 episodes. Here we are, still standing strong. A new episode a week for y'all. And we are, I'm thinking about the episodes I posted in the very beginning. And let me tell you, we have grown just alongside with you. So thank you so much for staying tuned, subscribing, giving me comments, ratings, passing it along with a snapshot to friends and family. I see many of you doing that. Um, if you have any other questions beyond that, please feel free to reach out. I am here to help you and here to share my story with you as well if you have any questions or guidance. Until next time, it's been an honor. It's been an absolute pleasure. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love, ciao. Hello, sweet beans. I wanted to remind you that today's podcast was brought to you by the Just Being Honest team. Yeah, KB, me. So KB's lifestyle design, what's it all about? As I mentioned before, it's about creating that substance in your life. What are you really searching for? Wait, it's not about searching. It's about unveiling what is already deep within you. So a little bit health coaching, a little bit life coaching, a little bit regaining that truth within you. So do you want to know where to start? How to begin? It's easy. Call me. I will give you your first discovery call for free. So just contact me, KB, and say JBH free and you'll get your first discovery call free.